specifically Edward Halliday's company. Then his nemesis would have no option but to meet Simon's demands, and perhaps Edward's treacherous wife would regret her decision to throw Simon over in favor of the now rotund entrepreneur. At the moment, however, he had a different woman to deal with. H. Winston had been listed as the chief engineer and design of Bertram's most successful products, including the fuel cell. He'd expected a portly, middle-aged man to fill that role, not a petite, blonde-haired woman in her late twenties who looked like she might blow away in the next gust of wind. Whoever compiled the dossier on company employees for him was going to get his arse handed to him and instructions to provide photographs in the future. Simon released the door handle and took a step toward her, holding out his hand. Ah, Miss Winston, I was looking forward to meeting you. She ignored his outstretched hand and put both of hers on her hips. Her gray cardigan stretched across her chest, revealing luscious, round breasts. He dragged his eyes back to her face. Maybe it was exhaustion, but he found this woman intriguing. Why? she demanded in that sultry, sexy voice of hers. He was lost again. Fortunately, he was saved from asking the obvious question. Why do you look forward to meeting me? Did you think I'd drop at your feet and thank you for rescuing my company? I wasn't aware it was your company. All the documents I've seen list Harold Bertram as the owner and majority shareholder. He leaned against the wall, captivated by the variety of emotions shown on the woman's face. Annoyance, one. And from the blaze of anger in her eyes, he was about to find out how a steak felt when it met a George Foreman grill. Harold is an idiot. My designs are the only reason the company has remained afloat this long. I'm working on a restructuring plan. We don't need some modern-day pirate pillaging and plundering the company of all it's worth, leaving just an empty shell and 30 people looking for work. It was the first time he'd ever been called a pirate, at least to his face. He couldn't dispute the analogy. In effect, it was what he did. He took a failing company, stripped it of its valuable assets, and left the rest to sink to the ocean floor. Of course, there was always collateral damage, and he had a team to deal with that. But he rationalized he was building better, stronger companies that helped the economy more in the long run. You didn't get anywhere in business by being distracted. A lesson he'd learned from his father. A lesson reinforced by Edward's wife, Lisa. And there was more at stake now than a lost term at Oxford. If you wanted to be successful, you had to forget about emotion and deal with realities. At the moment, his reality was the woman opposite him. I'm sure someone with your skills won't have trouble finding another job. I don't care about my job. It's the other employees I'm concerned about. Many of them are in their mid to late fifties. They'll have a much harder time finding new employment. She crossed her arms, which further emphasized her breasts. His dick twitched. What the hell? Helen Winston was the exact opposite of everything he usually sought in a woman. Maybe that's why he was fascinated. The women he dated were like chocolate buttons. Helen was starburst all the way. Are you the employee spokesperson? I'm a concerned human being, something you obviously know nothing about. This was getting personal. The one thing he hated about his work was when it got personal. He much preferred to make decisions based on logic. Emotion led to mess, and the Lamonts of Gloucestershire didn't do mess. It had been bred out of their genetic code shortly after their Norman ancestors conquered England. Simon glanced at his watch. 
Every single one of his numerous employees knew that was his signal the meeting was over. But Helen Winston wasn't one of his employees. You can look at your watch all you want, Mr. Lamont. I'm not leaving until I've had my say. Well, unless you want to talk to me as I dress, I suggest you schedule a time with my personal assistant. I have a dinner appointment in 20 minutes, and I am never late. To reinforce his threat, he grabbed his towel as though ready to remove it. Expecting the demurely dressed woman to flee at the thought of seeing him naked, he was surprised when she sat on the sofa. Her eyes flickered down his body once again, then straight back up to his face and her blush deepened. She took a deep breath, but she didn't move. I've already talked to your PA. She said every single second of your time in San Francisco is booked, so either I get an eyeful while you get an earful, or you rearrange one of your meetings to hear me out. The decision is yours.